When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to Strange Familiars. I'm your host, Timothy. I'm here with my co-host, Allison. How are you in this fine evening, Allison? I'm fine. It sounds like very commanding tonight. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. Broadcaster voice. Yeah. It's because I just got up from a nap. Yeah, so it's almost like a reset of morning. <laughs> On tonight's show, we're going to be talking with Lucinda, who has this really, really interesting weekend where she went away to a gathering with some other UFO and contact experiencers. This is the first part. She's going to tell us some of her early experiences that led her to this UFO and contact movement. And then she goes into this weekend on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. And we have Bigfoot, we've got UFOs, and more. Before we talk to Lucinda, though, let's talk Strange Familiars. High Strangeness Tour t-shirts. They came in last week. If you pre-ordered one or more, we sent them last week. Depending where you are and on the speed of the U.S. post office, 
you should be getting them soonish. We put all of the extras up in our Etsy shop. As we are recording this, there is one zipper hoodie left in 2XL. That's it. The other ones went quickly. That's why we wanted everybody to pre-order because we knew these were going to go. And thank you to everyone who did. There are quite a few of the long sleeve t-shirts though. We ordered more of those because they are considerably less expensive than the hoodies. Right now, I think we have all sizes in the long sleeve shirts, small through 3X. I think we have one 3X at the moment. I think that we probably owe Philip Smith at least a bouquet of flowers since his quote is all down the left side of the t-shirts. Yeah, we probably should do that. <laughs> we probably should drop some flowers by And, you know, most importantly, if you're wondering what the quote is that opens every episode of Strange Familiars, get the shirt and then you can just read it off your left arm every time. You can read along with it as Mm -hmm. the show opens. And a shout out to Jacobus. Isn't that where Philip Smith is? That's where Philip Smith is and where he was. Mm -hmm. These shirts are, I really like them. I was waiting until I kind of came up with like a good idea for a long sleeve shirt. And when the High Strangeness tour hit me and I was like, that's it. But they're pretty expensive to print, so we're not going to reprint them. So if you want one, grab them now. We might do like another High Strangeness Tour shirt, but it's going to be a different design. Probably simpler. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe I'll get You like complex. the four different spots. Yeah, I do. I like that kind of thing. I've always loved the long sleeve t-shirts with the printing on the, the sleeves. Printing on the sleeves. I was always like coveted. Yeah. So thanks again, everybody. These have been a wonderful success and People have started to get them. They seem very happy with them. We're happy that you're happy. I don't always keep merch, but for these, I kept a hooded sweatshirt and (laughs) two of the long sleeve t-shirts for myself. So I'm very pleased with these. Thanks once again to Sage at Forest Passage Printing. He did a fantastic job printing these. All right, let's go ahead and talk with Lucinda. Hear the first part of her Weekend of Woo. We're talking with Lucinda, who has some stories to share with us. I believe you mentioned the magic word. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. Now, I, I think you said you had quite a few experiences, but you mentioned this this one, was it a weekend? Yes, it was a conference. It was a, a four-day conference. Okay. So do we want to start there? Um, yeah. Let's start there. Okay. Let's just talk. There were so many experiences at this particular conference that it's almost absurd. I feel like if we, like if you saw a movie about it or something like that, you just wouldn't believe it. You would say that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got nothing because yeah. it, it did happen. And it didn't like uh, a lot of the folks there were having very strange experiences. Wow. If it was a movie, it would have the epic tagline of you know what happens when you put a handful or like a group of et experiencers in a paranormal hotspot for a weekend mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and was that the purpose of this conference yes so it's organized by a woman named uh mia Ferraletto and it's called consciousness and contact okay and she did a series of four conferences and they were four years, summer 2018, 19, 20, and 21. 
Okay. So I attended the second conference. I, I had not heard of this conference before, but in 2019, Yvonne Smith, who I don't know if you've heard of Yvonne Smith, she's um, she's part of, she runs an organization called CIRO, a Close Encounter Resource Organization. And Yvonne's story is kind of funny. Like she was a hypnotherapist, you know, wanted to help soldiers with PTSD and ended up just getting so many occurrences of people under hypnosis with the whole like, I'm driving, I see a light, I don't know where I am, I'm on a ship, they're doing things to me, they put me back. Wow. And like, that is the cause of the PTSD. So that was like almost 30 years ago. So she has now become kind of like the premier hypnotherapist, like regression hypnotherapist for people that think they might have had contact experiences on the West Coast. Wow. Uh, okay. I'm, in, I'm in California. Mm-hmm. So Yvonne, you know, I, I'm part of her support group. So we meet monthly and everybody just kind of hashes out their experiences. Um, and it's kind of a safe space. And the Wu talk just flies freely out there. <laughs> so she gets invited to speak at different conferences or lectures or something. And she always invites the serial members. So in 2019, she said, you know, this summer I've been invited to speak at, at this conference and it's called Consciousness in Contact and it's going to be on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. So for me, I was, you know, I, I have my own Native American roots, but I just thought like, okay, Pine Ridge Reservation, this is like the site of the Wounded Knee Massacre. It's like history rich with history rich with its own tradition and i'm like i'm never going to get an invite to the pine ridge reservation like yeah and then not only that kind of the whole point is that we're going to swap contact experience stories with the locals there who have their own um stories and folklore about the star nation and the star people and and so we're you know we're gonna swap stories with with the native americans there and i'm just like yeah i'm in yeah sounds, um, that sounds fantastic really it does yeah yeah so i mean and honestly you when are you gonna get this opportunity right so i was like okay i'm absolutely in a little background i guess there's i'm gonna have to give you a little backgrounds here sure. and there yeah a, a little background I found out I was a medium in 2012. And as a result of that, didn't quite know what to do with it. Cause I, you know, it was the whole thing of like, no, I just have a very active imagination. And then I was told like, no, you should be passing along messages. And I was like, eh, hesitant. Listen, I, I work in corporate America. And so I'm like, I'm not going to be the lady that just stops the person in the coffee shop and just is like, Hey, your grandma says, hi. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, what, what is the ethical practice? Like, how does one do something like that? And is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And so I was looking for a teacher and I found a woman in Los Angeles who kind of interviews and handpicks her students and then kind of goes through this like two year process on doing readings and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, her whole thing is like, 
oh, it's great. You're a medium. You're not going to use any mediumship in my class. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you learn different modalities. I had been doing that for a couple of years. And then something very strange happened. Every once in a while, I get these little callings. Like, I'll just, I'm clear audience, right? So all of a sudden, I'll hear a voice that's not mine. Mm -hmm. And they kind of guide me. One day, I'm blow drying my hair. And out of nowhere, I hear the word shaman. And I like literally uh, turned off the blow dryer, put it on the counter, threw my hands up in like the basketball uh, basketball foul. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not touching that stuff. Like, I don't know what that is. Is that like culturally inappropriate? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it was just like right. for a million reasons, like, nah, no, thanks. Yeah. But it kind of kept nagging at me. And this is the thing with these kind of messages is like they'll they they keep at it, you know. So that was like a September, October. I'm like, come on. And I hear it again, shaman. And then November, I hear you need a shaman, mm. like as in I need a shaman. Right. right. And I'm like, I don't I don't know any shaman. Like, what are you talking like? You know, this is like not <laughs> in my in my world right now. I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, okay, to the universe, like whatever. If you want me to see a shaman, you need to like literally like, throw one and let it land on my lap or something. And that December, in late December, I did a group reading and one of the people said, can I have a one-on-one -on -one session with you? So in January, I am doing this group reading for this woman and it was going typical reading, okay? Connect to so-and-so. This is how he's dressed. This He's about 20 years old. It's taking me through his passing. I feel really high. I don't know what this is. I think this is a heroin overdose. Yes, you know, and that was someone I knew. And then the reading is trekking along. In the whole reading, there's an energy. There's a person-ish. In the corner of the room, there's a very, very tall man. I'm doing air quotes right now that looks like the first impression I got was like something out of Dragnet because he's wearing this like fedora and this suit and he's really, really skinny. And he's standing in the corner and he's watching me give this reading to this client. And <laughs> typically in a mediumship reading, I'll be like, hello, what, like, you know, if you're here, clearly like, what do you, you know, what can I help you with? But this entity was really strong and really smart. And at that point, I'm kind of used to being the smart, the, the smartest one in the room when it comes to that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And this thing, I was trying to get closer to it and it would back away. And I was trying to look at it and it was fuzzing out its face. So, like so you were trying to get it. physically closer to it? Like, like, no. Oh, okay. No. Like, just... This is all like, this is all just what I would call use your imagination. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. let's, say, let's say it's just imaginary because this is what I've always thought it was. No, I'm just doing this in my head, except the stuff is, <laughs> turns out to be real. But I'm in my perception, I'm just sitting there mm -hmm. and I'm tapped in. And I'm looking at this man on the corner, and this is the only way I can explain it to you, Tim. 
different beings resonate at different vibrations. So if it's a mediumship reading and it, we're talking and I'm talking to like a relative or any human, I know that vibrational resonance. I, I, you know, that's what I tap into. Animals have a certain vibrational resonance, plants, trees, nature, right? Makes sense. And yeah. This thing was vibrating at a, at a resonance that was like off the charts. And I was having this like, um, <laughs> like this little bit like, 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 what the hell is that? It was almost like I was staring at the corner of my eye and she, I think she kind of caught me. I was like, all right, uh, I don't want to freak you out, but like, there's a man, but it's not really a man. This is, there's a being in this room that is watching us and it's presenting itself as a man to me, but this is not a man. This is not a human being. I said, I don't know what this is. And I described it and she said, I'm an abductee and that's who takes me. Ooh. And I, <laughs> classy person that I am, I was like, you know, what the F, like aliens? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. And then proceeded to tell me about her lifetime experiences of abduction. Mm -hmm. And that ended up causing me, it kind of like forced me to start thinking of my experiences and my father's abduction. But like we... It's just one of these stories in the family lore, right? Although my, my dad clearly had an abduction, what he calls an abduction dream, and he told me about it. And I just, at this point, ET and abduction, all this phenomena was not in my world. And the weird thing is, is that out of nowhere, that same night, I just looked at her and I said, I need a shaman. And she said, I know one that can really help you. I know one and she can really help you. And so for me personally, the ET stuff and the like shamanic medicine practice came together. I couldn't tap into one without having the knowledge of the other, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From there, I was desperate as I started to kind of open up and explore my own experiences with that world. Previous to this, had you had sort of hints in your own life that these abduction things had happened and you were ignoring them? Or why did this wake something up in you, I suppose, is the question. Well, that particular, so this client and that thing had got me thinking back to um, 1986 when, like on a Saturday morning, I woke up on a Saturday morning and I walked outside. And my dad always had, you know, in the front lawn, when I woke up in the morning, I'd go out to like sunny front lawn in California. And my dad always had like a lawn chair in the front yard with like the horse racing scratchy sheet 
and like Marlboro lights and a cup of coffee. Like that was his morning, his Saturday, the Saturday morning ritual, right? And so this Saturday morning in 1986, I go outside and my dad looks like he's just staring at his coffee. He's just staring at the floor. And I'm like, what's up, dad? And he goes, Mia, did you see the light in the front yard last night? Because my bedroom and my parents' bedroom were right next to each other, mm -hmm. you know, wall in between, but the, the two windows of the front, there's two windows in the front of the house and they, they face the street. Right. And so he's like, did you see the light last night in the front yard? And I said, no, what do you mean? And he proceeds to tell me that, like, so weird. He goes, there was a bright, bright light in the front yard of the house last night. And I went outside, but he said it was it was a dream. He kept like saying it was a dream, but it was really real. But it was a dream. It was really real. And he explains like he, like he goes in the front yard and there's a bright light. And he said it was a ship. And the funny thing is, because he's telling me it's a dream, I'm thinking it's a pirate ship. That's how this is so not in my world, right? right yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, like there's a pirate ship in the front yard. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, there was a ship, like, in the sky. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, and then they took me on the ship. And he said, there was rows of light panels. And around them, I mean, he said they had Egyptian writing. He didn't even say, like, hieroglyphics or anything like that. He said, it looked like Egyptian writing, but each panel was like a moment in time and you can see different timelines or something that's wow. what he, and then and he goes and then i saw them and i said who and he goes i saw i saw them on the sh on the ship and i'm like watching and then he, and then he like looks up and he looks at me and he goes they have these big eyes and he goes and they talk to you but there's no mouth they talk to you with your mind Ooh. and i'm just thinking dude, you are having the craziest dream. Like what? Like, you know, what's going on? And I want to be entertained by this notion, but he's pretty freaked out. Like mm -hmm. you can tell he's like, he's, he's processing this thing. And then he proceeds to go on and tell me about like the full on abduction, like the typical abduction experience, the probe, the pain, and then like waking up in his bed and just the whole thing. And that was it. And then a year later, I come home from school. I'm a latchkey kid, right? So, like, you know, I go to school. My parents were already at work. I walk home from school. I have to unlock the door myself and, like, make a snack, whatever. So, you know, stuff that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> um, but I come home from school. I turn on the TV. And, like, Oprah's on. 3 o'clock, Channel 7, whatever. Oprah's on. I'm making a snack. And I walk in the room, and she's interviewing Whitley Strieber, and he's showing the cover of Communion. Mm -hmm. And that's what my dad drew for me. That's what my dad drew. Because I was like, what do you mean? Like, the aliens? Because he's like, their eyes, their eyes. I'm like, draw a picture for me. And he drew it, like, on the side of the paper, or you know? <laughs> like, and, and the funny thing is he drew, like, this triangle thing, and it looked like a guitar pick. So I was just like, ah, like... I, that was the thing in my head. Like, oh, it looks like a guitar pick, right? Right. And so he drew the classic gray. And so I saw it 
on the TV, and that kind of freaked me out. And so as soon as my dad got home, I was like, we got to go to the bookstore. Come on, let's let's go get this book. And there's this guy and blah, blah, blah. And, and I gave him the name of the book, and I gave him, um, like I told him what it was about or whatever. And I was trying to get him to, like, let's go right now to the bookstore and get it. And he was like, nah, I, you know. Well, you know, I'm tired. We're we're gonna have, we're gonna have dinner or whatever. And then the next thing I knew, the book was in the house. So clearly, he didn't want me there. Probably, I didn't think anything of that. So now this is 87. Here's what I find out is actually my actual timeline, because it's actually 85, 86, 87. So I told you about 86 and 87. But now that I'm rabbit holing fast forward after this reading and I'm rabbit holing now with this ET stuff, I'm like, how do I learn about this? And what the hell was that thing that I saw in that room? And then the client wanted to get a regression with Yvonne. And then um, she wanted me in the room. And my question was, what is in the room of this woman doing these hypnotherapy like who is this lady and does she clear her room because what the heck are these people bringing like where's this office like you know i'm just like intrigued like i want to check out like what is creeping around <laughs> that building right sure. you know yeah so that's how i met yvonne and then i decided to kind of deep dive and i kind of just, I don't know anything about anything, right? But I tried, I think I went on YouTube or something. I think maybe it was the client that mentioned there's a conference in Joshua Tree or something. So I look it up and it's contact in the desert. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to this thing. I'm just going to pack up for a weekend. I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to check this out. I just decided on a whim, bought the ticket, booked a hotel. And you know, as the day is creeping up, it's like in end of May or something. And I'm like, well, I have to like research, like, oh, I don't even know anything. Like, who are these speakers? Right. And so I pull up the flyer and the first name I see is Linda Moulton Howe because it's a three word <laughs> name. Right. Mm -hmm. And I jump on YouTube and it turns the first link that pops up is like an interview on Fade to Black. Okay, so there's a show called Fade to Black. I don't know, there's a guy, a host or whatever, and Linda Moulton Howe, and I'm listening to her interview, and she is discussing the half-cat phenomenon. Now, are you familiar with this? Not by name. I might know it by another name. Okay, the half-cat phenomenon is part of the whole animal mutilation world. Okay. And so you know about cattle mutilations. Sure. She does a lot of research because there's there are incidences everywhere where people find like mutilated animals much like a cattle mutilation but this happens in cities and like suburbs and it's like domestic pets and she's talking about this and i'm like frozen and kind of yelling at my phone screen or tv i don't remember what i was like listening to it on or something because at 85, when I was walking to school, latchkey kid, I saw a half cat. Mm. And it like kind of traumatized me as a kid, right? So I'm in probably like fifth grade or early sixth grade. 
I'm walking to school. I'm a total animal lover, right? I'm the little, you know, typical little girl loves animals. And in a lawn on the way to school is a little black and white fuzzy long hair cat. And it's laying on its side. And I'm doing the whole thing of like, you know, oh, kitty, you know, I'm going right, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. to pet this cat on the way to school. And, like, you know, listen to a kid. That's like a highlight of your day when you're just boring and you're, you know, you're bored walking to school. So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like a little kitty. And so I'm walking kind of cautiously because I don't want to scare it off. And it's, you know, it's laying on the grass, which is kind of weird because there's dew on the grass. Right. And there's this cat that's just laying on its side. And as I approach the whole back half of the cat is gone. You know, even when you're a kid, when you see something weird like that, your mind just starts to race. Mm -hmm. And so the thoughts that I remember having were, it looks like it's asleep. And here's the other thing. There's dew on the lawn. And the thing is, when there's dew on the lawn, like if you step on it, there's footprints and there was no footprints or anything. So I was just like, how did this get here? There was absolutely no blood. There were no bugs. Maybe that's because it was a cold morning. I don't know. But the other thing that really kind of it struck me as odd, but I couldn't understand it was that like I had seen animal attacks before. And, you know, when a dog attacks a cat, which I had seen before, its jaws clamp down and it crushes. It's like a crush and tear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I sound, this is terrible, but. And this cat had a perfectly round barreled rib cage to the point where I could see the bone of the rib cage and it looked like tooth enamel. Like it was white and clean and shiny. And I just like, so what I, all of this I'm perceiving as I'm very slowly, I can't remember if I just stopped to look at it and then like tried to kind of force myself to just keep walking, like just go to school or something. That left a very lasting impression on me. And later that day, signs started going up all over the neighborhood. Keep your cats inside. There's a cat butcher. Somebody's butchering cats. Mm, yeah. And parts of cats would be found in the neighborhood. This is like suburban Alhambra, California. Like it is so epically 80s middle class. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was 85. Dad has the abduction experience in 86. And communion comes out, must have been like 87 or, you know, not long after, but it was right after dad's, my dad's experience. So Linda Moulton Howe is now talking about this on the, on the radio. And I'm just like, I've seen that. And here's the weird thing. Get to contact in the desert. I register, I walk in, Jimmy Church walks right past me. Like, that's, oh, that's the guy from the radio show. I'm walking past something, it's nighttime, and I'm walking behind a thing, and sitting by herself in a chair is Linda Moulton Howe eating a taco by herself at this conference where, like, she normally at these conferences, she has, like, a crowd of people around her. And I say, um, excuse me, I don't want to bother you, but I've seen a half cat. <laughs> 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 she, goes, she, you know, she goes into, like, reporter mode, like, 
where was it? How you know? Tell just tell me everything. Right. And then someone else, they have like an experiencer group at the conference, and I told my story, not about my ET story, but just about like a, another story. And Alan Steinfeld was in that group, and so he was like, "Well, I I want you to, I want you to um, share this story with some people." So the next thing I know, I'm in a golf cart with Alan Steinfeld, Linda Moulton Howe, and we're headed to like the Gaia studio to talk to Whitley Strieber. And I that's when I met Whitley. And I was just like, at the time, I was like, well, that's kind of synchronistic. But, yeah. but now I just think that's really synchronistic. I don't think that happens to most folks. So I'm kind of freaking out when all this stuff is happening just because it's one thing to have a psychic teacher, what I call psychic school, but I'm really needing like a shaman teacher. What's shaman school? Like how do we, like what's this thing about? Because as I'm finding out that I'm more closer to these kind of experiences myself and then later with my own abductions and things like that, I need to know how this works. And it came to me in a dream. I always know when I dream of my childhood home or my childhood neighborhood, that it's gonna involve some epic high strangeness, probably ET kind of stuff, or some sort of test. Mm -hmm. I think that's my subconscious symbol for like, heads up, something's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. My, mine is if I dream in place. So if I'm, if I'm in a dream that's, you know, where I fell asleep, uh, you know, if I fall asleep in, the, in front of the TV or something, and I dream I'm there, that's my trigger. Oh, oh, that's weird. So you have that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually, I mean, usually I know something weird is going to go down if I'm dreaming in place. Yeah. And then you're, you find yourself in the dream and then you, you'd like something in the back of your head goes, Oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, oh, you know, you have, you have one of these moments like, Oh crap. Okay. What do I need to do? Like gear up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in my dream, we're having a party in my backyard, my parents' backyard. And I'm sitting at a little, you know, those little cocktail tables, those little standing cocktail tables. And at the cocktail table a few feet away is like a medicine man. But this medicine man, like I can feel this medicine man's energy and I want this one to be my teacher. Like this is the one I want. And he's talking to another shamanic practitioner that I know named Medicine Eagle. And he and Medicine Eagle are talking at the table and I'm doing the thing because in the tradition, you know, if they take you on as an apprentice, like they have to take you on as an apprentice, like they choose you. And like, so I'm doing the whole thing of, it's almost like an interview process, right? I'm like, okay, how can I introduce myself so that I don't seem too eager, but I really want this guy to be my teacher. And like, you know, and like, I'm, I'm like just, brainstorming and planning my attack or like how am I gonna introduce myself so I finally get the courage I think of like the perfect thing to say like okay I stand up and I glance over to my left and on the left is the ghost of a little white dog that I used to have named Fluffy I had a little white poofy dog when I was a little girl I had her just for a little while, like somebody found it and then we took care of it for a little, like we fostered it and then someone else took it. 
and in the driveway I see Fluffy. And in my head I go, oh, it's Fluffy. <laughs> and Fluffy, little ghost dog Fluffy, sees me and gets all excited and starts running toward me. And now I'm like standing in front of the two uh, medicine men. And Fluffy jumps in my arms. And when Fluffy jumps in my arms, Fluffy becomes a big black dog. Mm. Real, like a real dog. Mm -hmm. And Medicine Eagle looks at this and is just freaked out and basically, you know, runs, screaming, runs away. Ah, I'm getting the hell out of here, right? And... I'm looking at this medicine man and I'm going, I'm so, I didn't know, I don't know how I'm doing this. I don't know how it happens. I just, I, I, and he looks at me like deadpan and he says, I can't help you. And that's all he said. And those words haunted me for years because I woke up so upset, so rejected, so despondent, but also, you know, I can't help you. Those words can be interpreted so many ways. Like, you won't help me because you can't, like, you can't help me because I'm not worthy. Uh, am I something bad? Am I something else? Like, you know, my head is spinning. Like, what do, you, what do you mean you can't help me? Like, you're the guy, right? Right, yeah. And so that dream happened, like, in... 2016 when I went to the contact that whole year 2016 is when all this stuff got introduced sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for $90 more I can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just $300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month cancel anytime deal ends Friday May 10th see home club for details when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now we're in 2019 and I'm going to Pine Ridge. It's a Thursday and we get to the property. It's being hosted by a lovely couple. Their names are uh, Becky and Dallas Chief Eagle and they have a, like a nonprofit. And they, you know, they have speakers lined up and we're gonna go to like, we got invited to a Sundance, which is huge. Like if anybody knows like, Lakota tradition, like it's a big thing. And therefore, this particular group needs to be familiar with the ceremony and the protocols and respectful. And so there's a lot of teaching that has to go on before. And me and Becky have lined up these 
wonderful speakers that are all on the reservation and they know everything and like so we're gonna get some real real like wisdom you know from these people and is it was amazing as soon as we get there I put my bags down I'm super excited I'm greeted by like a pack of dogs and they're all happy and I'm just like let's go check out this property like I don't even want to meet the rest of the people <laughs> that I'm with in the conference I'm just like let's go explore right the property is a big house from the main road there's like a driveway to your right a pen of horses to your left a parking lot faces the house and then the house backs into a canyon and then you go down the canyon and it looks very foresty it's because there's a creek that runs around there right mm -hmm. so you have that whole it's very green and lush and it's just lined with trees right so it looks it could be a dense forest you don't even know because you can't tell for the trees so I go down and explore the property I look at the teepees there's a, an anipi which you know we call the known as the sweat lodge I think sweat lodge is kind of a that's not a very polite term for what it is it's an anipi right it's part of the ceremony and I meet the locals and I introduce myself and I make friends with the guys who are going to be our drivers and they're setting up the, you know, they're setting up the Anipi and they're the teepees, they're putting everything and hey, you know, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. I go back up to the house. At the top level of the house, there's a big open room. That's where we're all going to sleep. And there's a little deck. A little door goes out to the deck and the deck overlooks like the canyon, right? So it's sweeping. And the horse pen is to the right of me. And I'm looking out over this beautiful, it looks like you're looking out into a forest, right? The, the clearing where I met the guys is down and to the left. I don't know what's down and to the right, but there's these big pine trees. And right in the pine trees, I hear Ooh. like this deep gut, like a, a deep hoot, like a whoop. And in my head, I look over to the where the tree line, I look over the tree line, it's not far, it's right there, you know, because this thing is big. Whatever's making this sound is extremely large. And in my head, I think, huh, what is that? Do that again. That's what I thought in my head. Mm -hmm. And I heard, ooh, ooh, <laughs> like two, like, mm. And the first thing that crossed my mind was like a moose or a caribou because of the size. And then I was like, no, no, they don't make that sound. They make that more of a whistly kind of like a high pitch, you know, like a moose or a caribou. No, no, wait, they don't make that sound. Like this is just the thoughts in my head. So I was like, well, that must be a bull or a buffalo. I'm like, well, they have a pen. Behind those trees, there must be a clearing and they have um, a very large intact bovine <laughs> with an epic lung capacity. Right, That's right. like what's going through my head. I go downstairs because now it's, you know, now it's time. We're all going to kind of have our opening meal and start our conference and stuff like that. So everyone's gathering downstairs in the big kind of where we're all going to have our common meals and lectures. And the host guys or the, the local guys are there. And I go, uh, Hey, so you didn't show me the buffalo because <laughs> it's right, you know, the clearing on the left is 
the anipi, and then there's two teepees, and then there's this, like, a hedge with the bridge, and then there must be, like, another clearing. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then, like, one of them scoffs. Like, they're, we're already making fun of each other at this point. And they're like, what, you think all natives have, like, a buffalo other property? <laughs> and they were just, I, go, I go, shut up. I said, seriously, like, you have a bull there or something. And they're like, no, we don't. And I'm like, guys, somebody's buffalo or bull or something got loose. Like, uh, you know, it's definitely not, it's like, it's not a cow. Like, there is a big male animal that's probably very big and dangerous, and it's like wandering your property. Shouldn't the horses get spooked or something? And they're, they just looked at me like I was crazy. And then somebody muttered Bigfoot. And I was just like, oh, they're making fun of me. And then the, the conference starts. So I go and I do the lectures, right? Because I'm like, they're making fun of me. Okay, that's Thursday. Another very weird thing happened that night. Not Bigfoot related. I'll tell you anyway, just really quickly, because it's just odd. So the way the room works, where everyone is sleeping, picture a big, you know, what would be a, an open kind of living room um, but big, more like a classroom size, right? Big open space, bunch of mattresses. You just grab your mattress, you grab a sheet, and you grab your pillow, and you pick a spot on the floor, and we're all, like, doing it like family-style camping, right? The the conference is not a lot of people, and it's basically equal amount speakers and guests, right? And then the guests all have their own experiences, too. Like, everyone's there because they're having some sort of experience, Yvonne and Whitley are staying at the motel nearby because Whitley has sprained his ankle like right before. So he's like, oh, I, I can't be in this property because it's a lot of stairs and, you know, it backs into that canyon. And, you know, mm -hmm. so he's like, I'm just going to stay at the motel. Whitley checks into the motel. Yvonne's staying over there, too. And it's nighttime now. Everyone's getting settled. I'm just excited to be there. And I am one of the last people to go to sleep. So now it's late. People are already sleeping. So I creep into the bed. There was light in the room. There's some side windows that were open, right? And shades are not drawn. So like moonlight is coming in. And I look over to my left. There's a painting on the wall. And the painting is two young male hoop dancers. So do you know about Lakota, like, oh, you know about Native American hoop dance? looks like a hula hoop but they do these like very intricate beautiful dances and our host is like a champion hoop dancer so there's a painting on the wall we think hula hoop kind of ish right mm -hmm. but in a but pretty and not some like candy plastic whatever way there's two male hoop dancers and they're holding their hoops up so there's you know it almost looks like a a tangle of rope Coming out of the hoops, something was coming out of the hoops. <laughs> and it looked like a wispy cloud of tangled ropes. But they were moving, and they were in a circle. And they were coming from the picture, and they were extending out about four to five feet from the wall. 
And I thought, well, I am really tired. Because <laughs> look at this crazy thing that I'm seeing. You know, when you see something weird, like you just can't leave it alone. And, and that's me. Like I have to vet everything. Like I just, I'm so hesitant with the woo. Like I, I don't want to. <laughs> I'd like to be very pragmatic. And then it just finds me. I hate it. Okay. So this thing is coming out. So I do the thing of like now I'm laying on my back and I'm staring at this thing. And it's moving like water and smoke. Like as if you had milky water in a fish tank and you put a flashlight through it. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like this wispy cloud of something. And so I'm thinking, well, this is a weird reflection from one of the open windows. So I do the logical thing, which is I start like waving my hand up in the air trying to like find like where's my shadow and where's the light what is the source of light and I'm trying to move my hands around I probably look like a fool to block this light source that is weirdly extending four to five feet from the wall that's only at the hoop part of this painting of hoop answers and now it's like really bothering me. So now I'm standing up because I'm just like, well, what, what is that? Like, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep now. So now I'm standing up and I'm pacing the entire room, dodging people who are asleep in mattresses <laughs> all over because it's bogging me, Tim. Like, what the hell is that? And so I'm trying to block with my body every source of open window and moonlight that's coming in, and it's not happening. So I get close to it, and I'm looking at it, and something in my whole body is like, don't touch it. Do not touch that. I've had moments in my life when I've just been in weird, very weird situations. And it's almost like my body, something in my body just takes over. And it's like, don't, uh uh. Like it, it just, it does what it needs to do, right? It's like instinctual. And so I'm looking at it. And as I was getting close, it was like, stop, pull back, don't touch it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. You know, like you would to your dog who's got something and you're just like, leave it. <laughs> you know, it was something was doing that to me. And I was like, okay. And I let it go. And I went to sleep, which is also that other kind of weird thing. Like, really? You went to sleep? Oh, and no. It, yeah, it, it happens. It, that happens to me a lot with this kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep. And I'm looking at it as I'm trying to go, and I'm consciously saying, I'm going to go to bed because I'm super tired. Don't you touch me. <laughs> like, I don't know what this thing is. I think I even tossed and turned, and then I looked back, and it was gone or something. But I, I, I managed to fall asleep. And it wasn't like one of those where I've had those. That's always abduction where, you, you know, you're just like, why the hell did I think to go to sleep? Or experience, I'll say. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily abduction, but that's that's just when you have the you're tapped into something. <laughs> so the next day, I find myself alone with the owner of the property, and I ask him, and it turns out that they are his sons who have passed away. I just told him what happened. Next thing I know, there was a sheet over the 
painting and that's how it was left. Mm. I don't know too much about this part of Lakota custom, but it's weird being a medium in that situation because I think the way it works in that teaching is that you send the spirit to the spirit world and if you need to contact the spirit for whatever reason the medicine man has to kind of open the portal and you have the engagement with the spirit and then you are to send the spirit back and the medicine person closes the portal all i'm saying is that i'm pretty sure that was a portal i can't prove it i have no idea what that was so that's the first day that's day one <laughs> day two there's you know lectures and everyone's having a good time day two is now friday and we're gonna do the inipi okay so the sweat lodge for um also known as and i'm kind of nervous i haven't done a sweat before it gets real hot <laughs> you know in a sweat lodge, you're, you're going to do four rounds, and the way it works, I'll just, uh, I'll try to quickly explain. First of all, the Anipi is a purification ceremony. It's one of the Lakota rites, and you, when you are in there, you are in the womb of creation. It is a very sacred and safe space. So nothing bad is going to get in there, right? That's the whole point of it is that it's a purification space. There's songs. It's, it's, a, it's beautiful to be in there, but it's hot. <laughs> and it's four rounds, and outside are your fire keepers. And those are the people that you're going to go in there, and you're going to do a round for however long it's going to last, and then the, the little flap door is going to open, and like a bunch of heat is going to escape and you're going to get like this little break. And then they're going to put, you know, more hot rocks like in there. And then you're going to pour water over it and it's going to just get super hot again. Right. So it's progressively getting hotter. We're going to do four rounds every round. That's going to happen. So here's how that went for me. When you enter, the women go first. So uh, picture a clock. The door opening is at six o'clock. At 12 o'clock, big trees, it's like forest right there. Okay, so it just backs right into it. The women go first. So there's women from 12 to 6 o'clock, and then there's men from uh, 6 to 12. Got it? Yep. Okay. I'm sitting at 3 o'clock, and I get in there, ready to go. First round, whoo, I made it. Okay, this is like, this is taking all of my concentration. I know it's supposed to be like a prayer and stuff, but this is my first one. And I'm just like, oh my God, Lucinda, do not pass out in front of these people. I'm going to be so embarrassed if I can't like, just like, it is literally taking everything I have to just power through this thing. And like, please don't look stupid. Like, don't throw up. Don't do the like, you know, I'm, I'm trying here. So first round, yes, I made it door opens you get this little cool breeze it feels great 
more coals come in, get back into it. There's song, there's prayer. It's like, it's beautiful. Second round, I'm sitting, because like, think about it, we're squished inside of this, you know, this anipi. And so I'm like crisscross applesauce, right? Mm -hmm. And then something weird happens because like, I can't fully put my knees on the floor because I, I'm like, my legs are almost like on an, in an X motion because I'm, I'm squished, you know, cause we're all in there. There's a bunch of people in there. So I'm kind of huddled, right? Plus I'm kind of like huddled into myself because I'm just trying to breathe, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's so hot. So I'm kind of really kind of crouched into myself. And in the second round, something moved past my legs, but it moved from like my left, like above my knee, past my knee, down my knee to the, to like the right knee and the right side of my leg. And then it moved on and it was tall because my knees were up. So do you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's a mouse or something. It's, Something that had to be about seven to eight inches tall, like swooped past my legs, which the Lakota will tell you happens all the time. It's like part of the ceremony. It's because the spirits are in there with you and they touch you and they're like, like, they, you know, mess with your hair or whatever. That's not a big deal for them. Mm -hmm. But for me in that moment, I was just like, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was odd. Now, the third round, it's hot. And I am like, in my head, I'm like, all right, people, I'm just going to tap out for a little bit and I'm going to leave my body and just like astral project and just get out of here for a little while <laughs> and see what's going on. And that's like literally what I did. I was like, let's, let's remote view a little bit, right? Like, and so... I pulled out of my body and the minute I pulled out of my body and I felt my consciousness, I know this sounds very woo. I felt my consciousness slip past the walls of the Anipi. Now, I, is, is going out of body something you had done previously and something you had done regularly? Oh, it is, it, no, it happens all the time. Okay. All right. So you're familiar with, this isn't a, something that's just happening in a, a surprising thing or something. You, this is... This is uh, a sensation you're familiar with. Yes. Okay. What I was not familiar with was what I bumped into right outside the Anipi the minute I left the wall. <laughs> so, so remember, I'm three o'clock, and I kind of just rise up out of my body, and as soon as I there's like the dome of the of the Anipi, you know, it's like this, and as soon as I move out of it, there's a huge thing that's pacing from 12 o'clock to four o'clock, like behind the women, 12 o'clock to four o'clock. And it's just slowly pacing back and forth. And the funny thing was, I couldn't see it. It was totally invisible, but I knew it was there. It was like, if you, it's like a third eye thing, but it's doing that like predator thing where it's like shape-shifted. Like it's there, but you can't see it. You can see everything behind it or whatever. That's so hard to describe. And it was super tall. 
and it was pacing back and forth. And when I encounter things like this, my very first instinct is threat or non-threat. Like that's just kind of my, maybe that's because I'm a human being. I don't know. But my first thing is to gauge its energy. Are you a threat? You know, and this had the most neutral energy I've encountered cysts. It was like clear crystal water and it was just pacing, just moving back and forth. And it knew, it saw me from the get-go and it just had this very clear, perfect neutral energy, totally invisible. It was like clear water. That's the best way, like a clean, clear water. And I was like, well, that's weird. I'm going back into the, <laughs> I'm going back into the womb of creation. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. I, I don't want to go past this. And that was round three. <laughs> round four, the doors open. And one of the fire keepers jumps in and like, oh, okay. Make room for, you know, make room for him. And he just jumps in and like, listen, we've never done this before. So we're just like, uh, I guess that happens, right? Mm -hmm. So when the fire kicks, so we're like, okay, he wants to pray or something. He wants to be in the ceremony. Okay. It ends. And what I know is that there's only one shower and there's a bunch of really sweaty people that are coming out of this inipi. And like, yes, that was amazing, but peace out, everybody. I'm going to be the first one in the shower. <laughs> so as soon as that door opens, I bolt out and I like grab my stuff and I hike up to the house and I'm the first one in the shower. And I'm like, yes, right? Because <laughs> I'm not going to wait in line for the shower. Um, so I finished first. So now back up to that big room, you know, the big open room that has the door that goes out to the little terrace. And that's where I heard the whoop. I go back out there because I'm the first one out and I can just relax. And there's two little chairs out there. And it turns out that the firekeeper is sitting there smoking a cigarette. I start talking to him. Now he and I have already engaged and like talked and like stuff like this. So like now we're already like on friendly terms. Okay. So we know okay. each other's names and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you people come here and you bring all your shit with you. And I'm like, what? And like, he's angry and he's serious. Like I thought he was joking. And I look up and I go, what? And he's serious. And he goes, you bring all that stuff with you here. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, I should have known. He's like, we should, we saw it right away. And I said, you saw what? And he goes, when you start the fire in the Anipi, the mice come out, right? Because of course there's mice in there. It's right backs into the forest, you're outside. And he goes, the mice always come out and they go around and back into the forest. Every time we do this, they, they do the ceremony a lot, right? He goes, we set the fire and they ran out and they ran to the fire. So does that make sense? They, they should have run out at six o'clock and like go to like you know, four, three, two, one, twelve, because that's where the forest is. That's mm -hmm. what the mice always do. He said 
they ran out, they did not go to the forest, they ran to the fire where they're keeping the hot rocks to oh, okay. put into the inipi. So like, why is a mouse running into fire? Like it, so he said, that was, that was the first clue. And I said, tell me everything that happened. <laughs> Cause you know, now I'm like, I need to know. He said, as soon as round two hit, there was a huge UFO over us. Oh, That's wow. what he said. Wow. And then he said, but we hate that here because he said his father was a reservation policeman and that they would always, he says, they always come into the calls would start pouring in lights in the sky, Bigfoot sighting lights in the sky, Bigfoot sighting. Mm -hmm. And the, the cops would just, you know, always out here. Watching. He goes, as soon as you hit that third round, he's like, there was a big ass Bigfoot right behind you guys pacing in wow. the forest. Wow. And I said, I said, shut up. Say that again. Like, cause I'm just like, but Tim, I'm not the Bigfoot girl at this point. Like I'm not, I'm barely touching the ET UFO stuff, like Bigfoot, like that. Like I'm thinking it's just the cartoony myth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, say that again, because I know what I saw outside. And I said, was it pacing between Becky and me? Was it pacing between Becky? And he goes, that's exactly where it was. And I'm like, holy crap. Was that a Bigfoot? That was, that's. I'm like, what? And he goes, it scared the crap out of me. And that's why I like, I just had to jump into the sweat with you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he was so scared. Like, so I was like, that's why you came in. And he goes, yeah, I, yeah. No, I don't, I don't like that stuff. <laughs> he was just, he's like, so that's why he came in. We will continue with Lucinda's story and her weekend of woo in our next episode. That's a patron episode. There's more Bigfoot, more high strangeness, and a little green man. If you want to hear all about it, you can become a patron at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You'll get the weekend of woo part two. She'll be dropping very shortly after this episode. And you'll get two exclusive Strange Familiars episodes every month. There's 90 right now. There'll be more than 90 very soon. Two exclusive episodes of Strange Familiars for our patrons every month, and you get all of those old episodes. Patreon.com slash Strange Familiars. You help support the show. You get extra content. Once again, Patreon.com slash Strange Familiars. Ninety days to the perfect puppy. You can find them at sithappens.us. If you're having issues with your puppy and you need help with things like fear, nervousness, potty training, mouthing and biting, chewing on furniture, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. You know what? Ninety days to the perfect puppy will help you do. They'll help you develop a relationship with your puppy. Because what you think is not what your puppy thinks. Exactly. They help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. They have online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one -on -one options are always available. 
Let them help you understand how your dog thinks, which, as Allison said, is not the way you think. And apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, it's 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Our curiosity of the week is quite curious. <laughs> I'll pull it up. Yeah, you put it behind you. Let me try not to break it. <laughs> yeah. It's a glass slide. I have a couple of these there. Um, and I was just kind of trying at random. I just pulled one out. And I was like, well, let, let's do one of these because they're really cool. They're um, from the 1930s. They're German medical slides. With just a little slice of someone's disease. And so I picked this one at random. And I don't know enough German to know disease translations off the top of my head. So I picked this one, which looks like Recklinghausen. That appears to be the translation for neurofibromatosis. Which is? Which um, I think for a while, and I don't know, there's constantly updating and changing this, but for a while that was what they assumed that the elephant man had, that had sort of spiraled out of control and usually does not afflict people quite that badly. So you're, you're not sure if that's the current medical theory? Yeah, yeah. I've, at one point, that was definitely, but I don't want to say it is now because someone will be like, well, actually, now they've discovered that. Right, this. right. <laughs> and I haven't kept up on my Elephant Man lore. but Very interesting. That's cool. That's a cool medical slide. I'm not sure how we're going to photograph this. Um, I could probably scan it. Yeah, maybe. One way or another, we'll get an image of this up in the show notes. That is a cool slide, though. It's a really cool design. It'd be a cool uh, black metal cover. <laughs> Nature is well, almost looks like a black metal logo for a band. It's, and you could call it that name. I mean, that sounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Instant press kit for your, for your new band. We'll put an image of this slide up in the show notes. If you click on it, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. I do have some other ones. So if there's a disease you're really snazzy with, <laughs> you find to be like, like if you have a favorite disease. They should ask. They should ask. I might have see it. See if we have that yeah. disease. I have a favorite old-timey disease. Do you remember what it is? Is it catarrh? Yeah. <laughs> Which is something else now, right? Like, we don't call it that anymore. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like... It's like dropsy or something, right? No, I think dropsy's different. No, I mean, I know, but yeah, we don't like, use we that. We don't use dropsy anymore. Yeah. I think you just use dropsy for everything. I'm not sure. In any case, besides the curiosity of the week in our Etsy shop... There are Strange Familiars t-shirts, the classic Awoken Tree design, as well as, for now, the High Strangeness Tour long-sleeve t-shirts. There are other curiosities of the week there, and lots of antique photos that Allison has listed. She'll be putting more in as time goes on. There's copies of my books there. There's artwork, both originals and prints, and more. Go ahead and check it out. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. It's another way to help support the podcast and help us continue to make content, which you hopefully enjoy. Oh, I went to Hex Hollow yesterday. I know. It was disturbing. I could tell. Yeah. That place. Oh, I don't know if I should save this for a show. I haven't listened to the... I was recording when it happened. But yeah. Yeah. And you it, don't have good luck with animals in that place. Yeah. There's a dead cat right in the path. After a couple weird things happened, it's very disturbing, very disturbing. I guess I'll I'll talk about it on an upcoming show. I don't know if it'll be a patron show or a regular show, but very upsetting. 
it just looked like it fell over. You know, no, I, there weren't, did. weren't any wounds on it or anything. Anyway, it was very disturbing. So, uh, yeah, that'll be on an upcoming episode of some sort, I guess. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Chad and I went to Michaud again this past weekend. And we went to Camp Michaud, where we've been before, but I don't know if we recorded there before. If we did record there before, it never got released on an episode. Camp Michaud is a prisoner of war camp from World War II. The remains thereof is just a bunch of ruins. But it got pretty weird. We caught some really weird sounds there. So that'll be upcoming as well. We got a lot more coming for you on Strange Familiars. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We are on Instagram at strangefamiliars, one word, and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. Infinite Let me not think on you Let me still portray Springtime With its flowered view The wave that ebbs away And who Perfumes fairy to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.